the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is The Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Happy Monday, friends, and welcome to a new week of The Jenna Ellis Show. There is so much that happens over the weekend, and of course, we have to first start with the breaking news from yesterday that kind of shocked, didn't really shock a lot of people, of Chris Wallace leaving Fox News and going to CNN. Uh, The reaction on Twitter I thought was hilarious. I actually pointed out on an article from The Hill on Twitter last night that all they did was find the like five people who thought this was such a great idea and go Chris Wallace. And they called that to make it seem like everybody's reaction was so pro Chris Wallace. And I responded, I'm like, you found five people. You, you completely ignored the fact that hashtag good riddance was trending for most of the day on Twitter yesterday as everybody was laughing and saying Democrat registered Democrat, Chris Wallace, bye-bye. See ya. He should have gone to CNN long, long time ago. Uh, a bunch of people, including my friend Steve Cortez, pointed out, again, how terribly biased and partisan Chris Wallace was in the first presidential debate. I think that's really where he went the most downhill in the eyes of most viewers who don't generally watch the entire episode weekly of Fox News Sunday. Uh, but the bigger news item here, and the thing that a lot of people are glossing over in in our happiness and and joy and merry of the season that Chris Wallace is going to CNN is the fact that he left a key weekend show a Fox News Sunday. Not only is he going to a network that is tanking right now in the midst of Chris Cuomo's departure, in the midst of this producer who is being charged uh, with sexual assault on a child, Uh, with so many things that CNN is just absolutely um, not only failing in the ratings, but obviously their personalities are having some major issues here. Not only is he going to CNN, Chris Wallace, at at this point in time, which I find really interesting, why do you want to tie your name to that kind of network right now? He's not just going to CNN. He's going to CNN Plus. That's their streaming service. It's basically the equivalent of Fox Nation. For a guy who has had the career path, you know, love him or hate him, Chris Wallace has been very successful. Why, besides the obvious that he's getting paid probably a ton of money to go to CNN streaming service, why would he lose his viewers on Fox News Sunday to go to a streaming platform? This is actually the story. And I've been saying this for a while, and Newsmax, by the way, where I'm a contributor, has had this as a um, an understanding of where 
the shift is generationally with media consumption. And they're actually being really strategic. And this is why I'm proud to be a part of that network as well is that we're seeing that legacy media and cable subscribers are totally, literally dying out. This is the older generation, like my parents, for example, uh, their parents' age, people who are at this point 50 maybe, but really 60 plus, who are still subscribing to cable and still getting you know, the whole package from their cable service provider, might include internet and a landline, right? All of that is completely going away because my generation, the people really 40 and younger, aren't paying $150 a month because we don't want a landline. We also want to be able to cull our content and we want to be able to have more on-demand viewing of the personalities in the shows that we prefer. And you can see how Fox and CNN – And others of these legacy media providers are actually shifting their emphasis to streaming because they know that that is actually the media of the future. Um, You're listening to this podcast right now, right? And five, ten years ago, podcasts weren't even really a thing. This has exploded in terms of being able to get not only your content and the hosts that you like – thank you for listening to this show, hopefully I'm one of them – that you like and prefer, but that you can listen to it whenever you want – And listening to my show doesn't mean that you have to listen to every other host on the Salem Podcast Network or subscribe to this and only you really only want to listen to my show, but now you're also having to pay for everybody else's shows as well, right? People don't do that anymore. It's the same thing, and I was actually talking to my producer right before uh, we recorded this show. It's the same thing how the music industry shifted, where you used to have to buy, you know, an album back in the day, right? Remember, you know, and some people are getting their uh, their music albums um, still and kind of going back old school. And then it became, you know, the, the CDs, the compact disc, and then it became, you know, you can download the whole album on, you know, Spotify or wherever. Um, but then how iTunes and the, the media industry – Uh, revolutionized music is that you don't have to buy the entire album of like, you know, 12 to 14 songs when you only want the top hits of maybe, you know, one or two, possibly three songs on that album. And so the music industry would package it that way and and force you to buy everything uh, in order to get just the couple of songs that you prefer. And then everybody made their own playlist and they just ripped the couple of songs that they wanted and put it put everything together, but they had to pay for the entire album. Well, the music industry, of course, ended up revolutionizing that, and now you just pay a couple of bucks for each song that you want to download on iTunes or wherever you stream, or you sign up to a subscription service. Like I have Spotify, for example, and I can just go in and I can listen to and pull whatever songs I want and put them into my playlist. And so I just pay one subscription fee and I'm not going to buy an entire album. That's the same way that news media is trending. And so for Chris Wallace to think that it's actually better to go to CNN Plus a streaming service and leave a Sunday show on legacy media on one of the highest rated cable news networks in America right now shows you that either he's just thinking, you know, hey, I'm retiring and going, you know, going off into into glory. Well, no, he's he would have just retired. He is looking at where media is headed 
and is going to a streaming service. And you can see this as well even with people like Tucker Carlson. When Tucker's 8 p.m. Eastern show, which is the highest rated that Fox News has, and his Fox Nation streaming show is in that scrolling banner that's across his show, and they're saying tune in for uh, Tucker's full interviews on Tucker Carlson today, and they're saying you know click over right now and go to the streaming service, think about that. They're asking you as the viewer to switch off the highest rated program and go right then, not after the show, but right then go and get Fox Nation as a streaming service. The reason they're doing that is because they know that pretty soon they're not going to have dollars in legacy media and in cable news, they have to find their dollars in subscription based programming. And their model, I think, is going to, and you know, this is kind of a prediction just looking at, at, at the media uh, marketplace. They're putting this into a lot of the streaming services, but most of the people, my generation that I know, we're not going to even pay for things like Fox Nation, CNN Plus, uh, any of these. We're going to go to the apps and the networks that prefer to make their money from advertising dollars, like, for example, Newsmax, where their app is free, their content is always free, you can stream it on demand, you can watch it on cable, sure, and on Dish and Pluto and some of those, but the app is free. And so that's why they're actually gaining viewers and Fox and other of these legacy media are losing viewers. It is in part because of the content as well. I mean, people were so turned off by Fox News and how they called Arizona uh, really prematurely on November 3rd of 2020. Um, you can see how their commentary is going more liberal than just moderate. You know, all of those things, sure, they're losing viewers because of their content as well. I mean, people don't listen to what they don't like, but they're also just generationally losing viewers because people like me and um, and my age group and younger aren't going to be paying for these streaming services. And so even though legacy media has a prestige in, you know, the Nielsen ratings, and you still even see this on Twitter, like, oh, the highest rated cable show. Well, think about this. If Tucker Carlson averages only about 2 million people per night, think about how few people 2 million actually is compared to the entire population of the United States. This is really fascinating to me because when you have people who are influencers whose content is free, like, you know, the, um, the Ben Shapiro's, well, I mean, you know, you subscribe to Daily Wire, but um, whose content is not the $150 cable news network and their content generally is not, is either free like a lot of podcasts or it's a very minimal monthly subscription, like the, you know, eight or $10 that people will pay in order to get that content. Um, the, the Bongino show, for example, Dan Bongino and how many millions of viewers he has, um, even legacy radio, even though that's kind of trending away in media. Um, and people are saying, you know, terrestrial radio is kind of dying because people aren't spending as much time just tuning into radio from their car. Well, people can still utilize all of their streaming platforms and they can still listen to the shows that they want to. They're just doing it via a different medium. So, um, so it's going to be very interesting to see whether or not Chris Wallace even um, is relevant at all anymore on this new streaming platform, because although I think these big uh, cable legacy networks are looking at streaming platforms as the wave of the future, what they're not contemplating <laughs> is that I don't think anybody is going to care 
to pay for a CNN Plus streaming service. Like, I don't know one person who even knew about CNN Plus before they announced Chris Wallace was going over there, which is probably why they're trying to advertise it that way. But I also, even among the most diehard Fox fans that are still, you know, some of them are still diehards. A lot of them have really, really, really wavered, um, particularly over the last year. A lot of them have left. But even the people who still watch Fox News, I don't know one person who actually subscribes to Fox Nation, right? So it'll be interesting to see. But I think that is the story that nobody is really talking about in uh, Chris Wallace's departure. And it's going to be fascinating to see where people like uh, like Tucker Carlson and others um, how they end up kind of straddling both platforms like he's doing, which I think is really wise, that he still has his primetime show on Legacy Cable, but he's also promoting heavily his streaming platform service. And so, you know, as we look into the future and we see all of the streaming and the content, the great thing about this is that so many people who otherwise wouldn't be platformed um, the people who legacy media would exclude and only call their specific voices. I mean, it used to just be that you had only a few that could get on a couple of the news networks. We now have the people like the Ben Shapiro's, the Joe Rogan's, the Dan Bongino's, um, you know, all of these people who and on and on Salem too, like the Dinesh D'Souza, who I love his show, Eric Metaxas, um, you know, so many of uh, these great voices for conservatism that have a giant following, uh, possibly even, I mean, some of them even more than Tucker Carlson's 8 p.m. show just because of their media. Now, they're not in Nielsen ratings, but they actually have bigger audiences. And it's because the way that we consume media is changing, and I think it's actually changing for the better. So the feel-good story of this weekend is not only that uh, Chris Wallace is leaving Fox, he's not the... uh, the wolf in sheep's clothing anymore. He's actually going to his mothership of CNN. It's that uh, I think this story also acknowledges the way that media is changing. So that's the first story. We're going to get into the second story now that nobody is talking about uh, really this weekend. But first, let's talk about legacy precious metals and how uh, the way that you invest actually shouldn't change, even though with the completely volatile markets and other things, uh, one thing doesn't change, and that's the value of gold. So the Biden administration has caused a financial crisis, and we know that they have no clue how to fix it. They don't know how to do anything. Oil prices have skyrocketed, and when oil prices go up, not only do your expenses go up, but the cost of transportation and shipping spikes, leading the prices of goods to rise. And when we're already seeing record inflation, that is the very last thing that we need. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to to take steps to protect yourself. And so if all of your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, then you may be vulnerable. And gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it has always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company that I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. So call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-528-1903 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. And their counselors can take you through a program specifically tailored 
to exactly what you need. Call Legacy today at 866-528-1903 or also online at LegacyPMInvestments.com where you can also download the free investor's guide. Okay, and on to story number two that's actually really important. And this is the other thing about media that I find so fascinating is that legacy media used to be the only option to tell us what stories to pay attention to. Now you have great alternative outlets like the Jenna Ellis Show that we can actually talk about the news that is really worth talking about instead of just what everybody's talking about and whatever's trending on Twitter, right? So the the story that I find really fascinating uh, that we need to talk about is J.K. Rowling. Um, you all know her, of course, as the Harry Potter author. And a lot of people that I know, everybody loves Harry Potter. But love or hate Harry Potter, it's fascinating to me that J.K. Rowling is now getting such backlash from the left. And she's been... Um, they've attempted to cancel her over the last, you know, at least year because she has actually come uh, out strongly and is a strong voice for biological women. And so the the piece this morning in the New York Post, uh, the the headline is J.K. Rowling ruffles feathers again, slams cops for letting rape suspects ID as women. And I'm going to just read this because um, I think they they summarize this really well. J.K. Rowling is causing controversy again, again wading into the debate about transgender people by criticizing Scottish police for allowing rape suspects to self-identify as female. The Harry Potter author, who has previously been accused of making transphobic comments, took to Twitter Sunday by sharing an article from the Times of London titled Absurdity of Police Logging Rapists as Women. This was her tweet. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. The penist individual who raped you is a woman, J.K. Rowling wrote, referencing Newspeak in George Orwell's 1984. She then linked to the news article, which stated, Police Scotland said that they would log rapes as being carried out by a woman if the accused person insists, even if they have not legally changed their gender. So thousands of fans immediately hit out at Rowling. Many accused her of having an unhealthy fixation on trans issues. Here's what some of these people wrote. You literally have a castle and you spend your time doing this. One person said, what a weird hill to die on, Rowling. (laughs) A third chimed in saying that Rowling was focusing her attention on the wrong part of the story about rapes in Scotland, highlighting her prejudice and fixation. Someone tweeted, the vast majority of sexual assaults are committed by men who don't identify as anything other than men. Perhaps you might consider using your public profile to combat this instead. Uh, interestingly, Rowling also on her, uh, on her Twitter, and I'm pulling this up here, she said uh, just a couple of days ago on November 22nd, and this is a thread, I've now received um, so many death threats I could paper the house with them. And I haven't stopped speaking out. Perhaps, and I'm just throwing this out there, the best way to prove your movement isn't a threat to women is to stop stalking, harassing, and threatening us. So a couple of things about this. Uh, First, I think she is fantastic to actually be focusing on this issue and to say that and to call this out for the absurdity that it is. I mean, imagine if somebody who is 
accused of and incarcerated for pedophilia says, well, I identify as an eight-year-old. So, you know, go put me in the juvenile detention center so that I'm housed and share a bunk with uh, children who I might prey on while I'm in detention. It's the same principle. And that's what she's highlighting is the absolute absurdity. But people are doing, and the trolls, of course, are doing to her exactly what they try to do to people like me and other conservatives who call out different issues. First, they try to tell her that she's transphobic. Well, she's not fearful of anything, obviously. She's speaking out where she could very easily just be a very private person, be loved for uh, the Harry Potter novels and her upcoming books and not even wade into politics. The fact that she's speaking truth to power and she has such a an enormous platform because of her voice and she's choosing to actually stand up and protect biological women really should be applauded. And so people like to, to say that, oh, just because you're not a quote unquote trans ally, you must be fearful or transphobic or all of these negative, uh, truly hateful terms. There's nothing transphobic about this. It's all about speaking truth and it's about saying that men who are penised are men. That's that's just a biological fact. And so even if they identify as women or they think that they're women, they aren't. And that's something that the leftist culture wants to oppress and cancel you until you buy into their cult of the transgender religion and speak only what they prefer. And she's unwilling to do it. And the second thing that they try to do to her is to completely belittle her. Why are you spending your time on this? Out of everything that you could do with your platform, why are you going after the trans community? I mean, can't you do something better with your time, right? That's what I get that all the time as well, where people are like, oh, you, you know, you who are an attorney for the president, you know, you're spending your time talking about this. Well, yeah. And guess what? I get to, to choose what I spend my time talking about. And even though you would love for me to ignore, you know, you leftists would love for me to ignore certain issues that are very, very critical to conservatism, to culture, uh, to my uh, speaking truth in within my platform. Yeah, you'd love for me to be silent on certain issues that you don't prefer. So you try to belittle it like what you're doing to J.K. Rowling. Just because you don't want prominent, especially women, to focus on these issues. And so it's not a surprise that even though, like, the New York Post, of course, you know, is talking about this, and and, um, print journalism covers a lot of things just because they have the space, they need the clicks, all of those things. And uh, Rowling for a little bit was trending on Twitter, mainly People were trying to point out that she's so, quote unquote, you know, uh, transphobic and and this is awful of her and she's making these hateful comments and, you know, people are going, I'm never going to read another book that you write. Well, you know, I don't really think she cares. She doesn't actually need you to read her books uh, for her to be able to continue to speak out. And that's a great thing. Uh, But you're not hearing this anywhere else in legacy media, um, in the news. This isn't, you know, one of the biggest stories, but it actually is one of the biggest stories because when you have somebody like a J.K. Rowling who is willing to stand up and to speak truth, that encourages so many other men and women to speak up for genuine feminine issues, for women's issues. Now, obviously, I'm not a feminist. Um, I am not someone who 
says that you know women need to be exactly like men and we're all equal. That is just not a fact. Women, even biologically, we are weaker. I can't bench press what you know what a guy can. Even you know my my younger brother who is twenty one. I can't bench press what he can just because I'm a lot older than him. And, you know, I need his muscles sometimes to help me move things or to, you know, to be a man. Women just, that's just one aspect of ways that women are just not going to be like men. And that's why you see when men are um, coming in and dominating women's sports on, in so many different categories of sports, this is how men are actually uh, taking over and undercutting the entire identity of what it means to be a woman. Because they're coming in and, of course, the 300th place man is still going to break records that are held by women because men are just physically built different than women. And it also goes for um, our spiritual nature. It also goes for our role, our positional authority before the Lord. Um, This is something where women should not want equality. The way that we do have true equality— is that every person, regardless of their gender, is a human being made in the image of God and has inherent dignity and worth. And women, the same as men, are co-inheritors of the kingdom if you are a Christian, if you have confessed with your mouth that the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord and that he is risen from the dead, then, you know, according to Romans, then you are saved and you will inherit the kingdom of God, and we will be with the Lord forever and eternity, right? So in that way, it doesn't it doesn't matter. And the Apostle Paul says, you know, that um, there's neither male nor female. You know, we're not given in marriage. Some of those things that we experience here on earth, when we get to heaven, it'll be different. But for purposes of our equality, the only way that we are equal, we meaning women are equal to men, is being co-inheritors of of humanity, of a first of salvation, and also of having inherent dignity and worth. But everything else, in terms of strength, in terms of positional authority, um, in terms of um, even, you know, some of the social mores, the way that we should as women embrace uh, being feminine versus masculine, those aren't just social constructs. Those are things that are Um, inherently part of who God made us. And while feminine versus masculine expression um, can look different depending on culture, in every single culture, it doesn't matter. Everyone knew the difference between a man versus a woman. And also when, and that's why, you know, when the Bible says that um, men shouldn't dress as women, that is a, an eternal principle that spans throughout different cultures because every culture can tell what is a man, what is a woman. In our culture today, we're trying to blur and, and even blunt and mute those lines to where there are some people that I've passed on the street, I literally can't tell just by looking at them, are they a man or a woman? And they do that purposefully because they're trying to blur those lines and they're trying to be this non-binary, you know, whatever. It is a perversion of how God made us. And this isn't about transphobia. This isn't about, you know, being anti-LGBT or whatever. This is about being pro-biblical truth. It's about being pro-biological truth. It's about being pro-women in the sense that women need to have protections 
in some sense. Um, Not that we have more rights than men, absolutely not, or that men can't comment on issues like abortion, for example. So, you know, this is, again, how the leftists will try to pervert the conversation by, on one hand, saying there's no difference between men and women, and men can become women if they want, but if you happen to have a penis or still identify as man, you can't comment on issues of abortion because, hey, that suits you or that suits them for that particular conversation. It's maddening how the left is so inconsistent with everything that they contemplate and they argue within the contours of human sexuality, and they're doing that intentionally. So when people like J.K. Rowling, who they want to be this, uh, and they want to uphold her as this successful feminist uh, woman who doesn't need men, and she's you know a self-made um, multimillionaire, all of those things, when she then speaks truth, it goes against their narrative, and they hate that because they can't control her and they can't control her voice. So they are trying to cancel her. We need to stand up and actually applaud her and others and say when people like J.K. Rowling are able to stand up and speak truth knowing that she's getting death threats, threats of cancellation, probably a loss in readers, all this, and it doesn't matter to her. She's willing to speak truth regardless. That is going to encourage a lot more people to speak truth. So um, I and some other fellow conservatives, um, not that we coordinated this, all of us are just on Twitter. Um, I went and responded to her tweet and said, thank you. Truth isn't partisan. And a couple of my my friends on Twitter, um, for example, Lauren Chen and um, Ian Michael Chong, he uh, a few of us went and and commented on that, and it was funny because then you know there were a few leftists that called this as if we all you know some vast right wing conspiracy, right? You know we're all we're all commenting on this um, because we all somehow have coordinated this. Well, no, we just all speak truth in this area, and we're all thinking the same thing that she needs to be applauded for this. And they go and they go, well, of course, you know all of these you know crazy right wingers, uh, of course, you know these three among others um, are going to comment on this, and then they try to intimidate us from applauding J.K. Rowling for speaking truth. It's absurd. And so the bottom line here is that this is an important story because you have someone who is and could be a feminist icon, an LGBT activist ally, whatever, who is choosing intentionally to put her career, her wealth, her position, all of that on the line and say, no, women Genuine biological women need to be protected by society. We need to speak truth, and we need to call out the absurdity of some of these things like Scotland saying if you just identify as a woman, you can then be incarcerated with other women even when your offense is raping women. I mean, it's it's so pathetically absurd. And the feminists, the true feminists, are actually now citing – with a lot of conservatives because they see the damage that the LGBT, the T movement is actually doing to women. And it's trying to erase women and it's trying to erase all of the measures of quote unquote equality that have been advanced for women in some of the right ways. Now, again, I'm not a feminist in the third wave sense. I am a feminist in the sense that do I believe in the value and inherent dignity of women? Absolutely. Do I believe that, you know, we are co-inheritors? Of course. Uh, We just said that. 
Um, do I believe that women can have positions in society that God um, allows women to do and that we ha- we can have just as much social authority as men? Of course, because that's you see in the Bible that um, within civil society, there is no prohibition on women having equal status and dignity of men, even if, you know, Old Testament Israel or some other cultures in the Bible from a historical perspective, that may have not been the case, but you don't actually see in principle a prohibition on women. So I would vote for a woman president, for example. There's no contradiction there. But in terms of women pastors, in terms of women having positional authority in the family structure over a man, you know, two two moms instead of a husband and a wife. Well, no, God has created those institutions according to how he created the universe to which we are present, and we have no control over that. God created these institutions, um, the church and the family, and he gave um, authority and positional ordained authority that God is first then men, then women, then children. And that's not an attack on my femininity in any way whatsoever. That's something that is God-ordained. And for women who want to challenge that in the church or the family, that is why the culture has gone so incredibly wrong in terms of the family and the church structure. And for the men who give up that positional authority or they don't take that authority seriously or in a lot of instances, they abuse that authority. Uh, that gets culture and the church and the family into a lot of trouble as well. So that's not popular to say today, uh, just like J.K. Rowling's truth um, and speaking truth. Well, it's not her truth, but her speaking truth isn't popular in a lot of circles. Within conservatism, we need to make sure that we are still, as Christians, speaking truth about positional authority as well and the differences that God ordained uh, men and women to have under him. Um, there is no mediator between man and God. And so, you know, there's nothing, there are a lot of different um, really bad theological positions about how, you know, women, the, the term submission, you know, we, we can have all of those conversations. That doesn't mean that men just totally dominate women or they have no respect for women or women can't even pray to the Lord without the man being or intervener. You know, some some of those things that I've heard from some some quote unquote Christian circles that are absolutely not biblical. What I'm talking about is the order that God has created and how both men and women need to respect that authority. The original sin in the Garden of Eden was how men and women, both Adam and Eve, wanted to disrupt the created order. They wanted to move into the positional authority of God. And when women want to have the positional authority of men or when men abdicate their positional authority or they abuse it with respect to women, that goes back to the original sin. And so we as Christians need to stand up firmly, not only for the biological truth of the inherent differences between men and women, and don't let anybody call you transphobic, it doesn't matter, Um, because it's not true, we need to stand firm for the biological differences and also the positional authority of the God-ordained created order. And when we do that and we also reflect that in our own actions in the church and in the family, 
that has a net positive effect on civil society as well. So these are the important stories, and these are the things that we need to openly discuss. Politics, of course, matters. We talk about politics every day on this show, but we also need to talk about biblical truth and the cultural impact. So before I go, I also want to talk to you about the cultural impact of standing up and refusing to be canceled, like my good friend Mike Lindell. He has been canceled out of box stores. He has been completely harangued off of social media, and he refuses to give up. I saw him last week in Florida, had a great time. He is one of the most incredibly God-fearing patriots um, that I've ever met, and I'm really glad that he and I are friends and that he is a sponsor of this show. So as you are thinking about Christmas and as you are getting ready to uh, do some last minute Christmas shopping. I uh, definitely don't wait too long because, you know, hey, supply chain and all of the uh, all of the FedEx deliveries and some of those things, you know, can uh, can be delayed. So definitely today go to MyPillow.com. There is a lot of uh, great products from Mike Lindell. There's my pillows, there's the mattress toppers, there's robes, there's slippers, there are weighted blankets. I have one. I love it. Go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Jenna. That will let Mike know that you heard about uh, these great discounts on this show and that you are happy that he is a sponsor of this show. And we are proud to stand with him and encourage him in speaking truth and not backing down to cancel culture. So go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code Jenna, that's J-E-N-N-A, and I will see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.